This is Kane Chatty's podcast. Mmm, it's so nice to have you all listening. I've been waiting for this moment for so many months. So many months. Probably about ten! <laughs> You're not putting that on the show. When I look at you, I'm looking in a mirror. I'm seeing everything that I don't like about myself. Try blaming you. But I know you're just a trigger for old memories. When I was living life as someone else. Right, okay. Welcome to (laughs) So You Wanna Be an Artist. (laughs) You wanna be an artist. The only podcast that is for the artists, Mm. by the artists, Mm. each and every goddamn week, except when I'm in LA. No, I did one Christmas. Except when I'm in LA and I'm busy. Yeah, babes. Today on the show... (laughs) We have Esper. Hi, everyone. My name is Esper. Don't. I'm really happy to be here, to be fair. I want you to snap out of... We've had too much fun in the last hour. We've had too much fun over the last year that we've known each other. Yeah, to be fair. We have just been slow dancing around the studio to Marvin Gaye. No, to (laughs) Stephanie Mills and Teddy Pendergrass. And Phil Perry absolutely going in on the live show. Esper has been schooling me on incredible vocalist because she is also an incredible vocalist and that is why she's on the show not just because she's got great pipes but also because Um, she's got great soul great spirit great energy thank you and great heart (laughs) i'm obliged to say that because we're friends no one else gets that treatment no one else thinks that about me it's true that's also (laughs) true (laughs) because no one really knows the real me and that's why you're here so today. I'm here we're to expose that, that babes. So, first of all, we're going to talk about mm. art. Okay. Esper. Yes, darling. The first question that I ask everybody on the podcast. What is art? Art is the intangible expression of the soul. It's the only type of expression, type of experience as a human where you can't really catch it. You can't feel it. You can't, you know, physically in any of the senses, 
like, and hold it there. It's just a, it's just a, a beautiful in the moment experience of what it is to be human, what it is to be a, a spirit in physical form. That's why we love it. That's why we can't live without it. You rehearsed that answer because that answer was fucking phenomenal. No, it weren't. Yeah, it was. It was a little bit... A little bit uh... Are you crying now? No, I'm not crying. <laughs> did we just have a holy moment on the first question? <laughs> to be fair, I did cry when you played me Oscar uh, World Peace a minute ago. That's true. I Look did. at the... We're just knocking down cultural barriers mm. here. I feel very, very open at the minute. There's something in the air. There's something on the global energy that is really breaking us open, especially as creatives. We're always the first ones to be, to be broken and to, um, and to start feeling like from, from well within, from a place that isn't really of individuality, of identity. It's just from global consciousness and from, from our, all, you know, our interconnectedness. And um, that's what art is as well, where we share that space that you can't really put yourself in because it's not yourself, it's something different. It's something bigger, possibly, if you're into that kind of thing, which I am. And I believe that when we, when we truly open up and express artistically, we are channeling something bigger than what we are. I don't need to fucking talk, do I? You can literally Please. just sit here and spew. <laughs> i got to snap out of this mindset because this is what happens when I come around you. My head starts getting a bit funny and I start acting scatty and I start losing my focus. Thanks. And I'm distracted Can now. Can we tell them the story about when you turned up in LA? All right, if you want to tell that story. Oh, I love that story. So I was in LA um, having a go at doing writings and things. And um, Kane set me up with his lush mate, Rochelle, who's a wicked uh, tastemaker out there and just a lovely creative person. And we were like having a brunch date, like a blind brunch date. Blind brunch date. That could be the new one, actually. We should probably... Um, Carry on. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, London sucks. Actually, no, you were somewhere else. And you were like, oh, I hate it. Wish I could come out. And then we like FaceTimed him from the restaurant. And he was like, oh, I hate this. Like, I wish I was with you guys. Like, what are you doing? Where are you? Which restaurant are you at? And we're like, oh, um, we're at uh, some restaurant somewhere. I can't remember. And um, 10 minutes later, Kane walks down the road. <laughs> <laughs> it was so smooth. It was, it was definitely a Hollywood moment. It was a Hollywood moment. That was some shit. I thought that's like the, one of the first times I've ever like really done anything like that. It was beautiful. Your reaction was so good. It made me feel like I want to do it more. So I, just, <laughs> I, just, I think we both got up and just screamed in your face for about 10 minutes. Rochelle was pacing up and down like, no fucking way. No fucking way right now. No fucking way. I was probably crying. This global uh, 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 unearthing or awakening that you feel is happening. Mm -hmm. When did you first start to feel it in yourself? 2012, my last year of uni slash college. Um, I started to, I started to need more. I started to need more connection and need more truth from myself and from what I believed the world was. And it, you know, it, it's happened like this for a lot of people that I speak to who are in this kind of school of thought now. And it's like, you start doing that documentary game. You start doing that whole um, conspiracy game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, yeah, you know yeah. that one. The secret. Yeah. <laughs> you start watching the Run secret. Brand yeah. and the secret. These like super old, rich white start, women. Well, yeah. And they were like, listen, all you've got to do is just stay positive And you know. 
great like, things you know, will happen. I, it started with like watching Zeitgeist actually and all that lot. And actually I got really into yoga and I know I sound like a full blown wanker, but I do not care. It really, really opened me up. Yoga? What, yoga, yeah. Although actually I haven't done yoga now for a little while because, you know, ebbs and flows and all that and your priorities change, but I will go back to it, of course. But at the time I was doing it, I hadn't ever really been aware of how we store emotions, experiences and trauma in our physical body. Keep going, because I'm learning. I feel like I'm about to learn something right um, now. <laughs> probably not. But yeah, so I had this experience where, um, you know, all through our life we go about learning every day from our emotions and our experiences and people and our relationships. And every person is a, is a um, you know, is an assignment. Every relationship that we have is a chance to learn and expand and like learn more about ourselves and ultimately what we are, which is not ourselves, which is nothing individual at all, which is nothing special. And that's what makes it so special when we can really get there. And I feel like um, by doing yoga, oh God, I sound like such a wanker now, but like I was in pigeon pose one day. <laughs> Suddenly I just had I this just wave of emotion. And I was like, oh my God, this is the truth. Um, nah, but I, I started to, to cry. Got a lot of cry-based conversations happening right now. I started to cry and I wasn't even aware of it. And I was, I was in this pigeon pose, which is quite a hip opener. So it's, um, it's quite, um, for the females in this world, that particular pose is quite, Potent because and it, vulnerable. You're, yeah, it's very vulnerable. Your womanhood is open, spread easy. Right. <laughs> Fucking hell, Kane. <laughs> what? <laughs> Calm down, babes. <laughs> Talking about a pigeon here. Um, yeah, and 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 I started to to release, as they say in inverted commas, um, some trauma, and I wasn't even conscious of it. My body was working on its own plane, and my mind was somewhere else. And they say in those situations, you either cry or you piss yourself, and you have to kind of make the decision whether you laughing or out. like physically. No, you piss yourself, like oh, because it has to come out somewhere. Okay, so you either cry. Feel my mentor, who's been on the podcast before, he told me before, like he came to see me once, and he was like, oh, "I just did yoga. I cried for no reason." Yeah, I was like, "What do you mean?" He's yeah. like, "I just had this wave of emotion, yeah. and it was either I, I felt like I had to piss myself in front of everyone." <laughs> Or just burst into tears. Yeah, I mean, it's I like haven't had the piss myself thing, but the cry thing for sure. It and the laugh. Somewhere. The laughing thing. Like when you said piss yourself, I thought you meant laughing. So sometimes I will laugh my head off. Like in these releases, like whatever you, if you're doing pranayama or some kind of like meditation, just somewhere where you can connect to the fabric of what you are and what you are not and where you come from. And basically it's love. It's unconditional love that we don't really ever grasp on like a day-to-day -day basis in this life. But when we get a glimpse of it, it's so moving. It just puts everything into perspective. And um, it will either make you laugh your head off, cry your head off, or wee yourself, according to Kane. <laughs> but, you, but what you just said is so fucking true. And buzzword of the week, love. <laughs> Hashtag love. You get 10 Help points. You get it's ten. for the way you look. Jazz moment. At me. All right, let's leave that <clears throat> in the past. Yeah, thank you. Um, but what you just said about how we don't actually experience just wholehearted, unconditional love mm -hmm. that often, when you do, it's so consuming and overwhelming that it literally just bursts you open. Like, yeah. when you experience a love that isn't based around sex, you know what I mean? Like most love is based around sex. Mm. All conditions, like familiar love, like like within families. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, there yeah, is, yeah. you know, when you have a baby, apparently you're like, this is the best thing ever. I mean, I never want kids, but I can imagine that you like kind of love it. 
But there comes point. There comes to a point when that child gets its own personality and its own motives, and it kind of hates the parent for making it go home by 10 p.m. or whatever. And they become that all these conditions come into play. Yeah. All that con- that human conditioning, and that we have it within relationships as well. When do we ever have true, unconditional, conditionless love? Is it possible? It is possible yeah. in a sense of I love you just for existing, for being a human being and just for being here. Mm. Like the same way that that's unconditional love is something that you feel for a stranger. But, yes, but then right. when you actually love Correct. someone, when you actually love someone, you should also see them as a complete stranger because mm. they're a, a landscape of infinite possibilities. Like when I look at you, I don't know you. I know I've known you for like a, a certain amount of time and I know things about you, but I don't know you mm. like, and you're still a stranger, mm. but the little that I do know about you, I know that we connect on some kind of mm. level, but still I have that unconditional love for you as if you, because you are a stranger, if you know what I mean. And because there is so much more to learn about you and not just specifically you, but all of my friends and all the people that I care about these, these people are a cosmos of fucking everything. And they're strangers at the end of the day. Mm. And that's how we should just feel about everyone because that's where unconditional love comes for, I think. I think, anyway. But I don't know much. But I think it's the ego and the ego, aka the external of what we are, never really knows each other or ourselves. But our souls recognise each other. Yeah. And I feel that with, with you and other people that are, that are kind of like us, you know, um, and other creatives that, that wear their heart on their sleeve and... And express from a different place, and you know, not an just creative, place. because that would make it. No, sorry, <laughs> sorry. That would yeah, make no. it conditional love, Let's and see. we'd be fucking hypocrites. Hypocritical, but you know, when the soul recognizes that it's it's looking at itself in 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 the form of a different creature this time, it's beautiful. It's exciting. I'm literally like really excited right now. Yeah, I know the about smile on your face, <laughs> but also how you said then when you re- when you you look back, you look and you see your same soul in another person. Mm. Again, that kind of still feels pretty external. I feel like one of the only selfless moments that I've ever had in my life was when I saw my friend who I'd been helping build, Jameson. We've, I've been who helping I him. Who I love yeah. so much. Been helping him build his thing, sat there long hours of the night, packaging albums until our fingers bled, mm. like dealing with leaks credit card fraud just to pay the rent just to make sure that he had somewhere to stay like all of these little moments when I saw him get up on a sold out headline show in front of a thousand people at the region in in LA that was a truly selfless moment for me because I didn't see myself in him if you know what I mean Mm -hmm. this was completely his moment and I wasn't looking at him enviously I didn't wish that was me on the stage I didn't even want to feel what that would feel like because it was his moment if you know what I mean Mm. And that's just, I feel like that's the only, one of the only selfless moments that I've ever had and one of the most like wholeheartedly loving moments because mm. I didn't want any of it for myself. I was just like, you fucking deserve that moment. It's and, beautiful. And, and I don't know how that relates because I've never had that moment before. Mm. Like I've never had someone, I've never seen someone's hard work pay off because I'm so early. We're, we're still so yeah, early yeah, in all of our journeys. Like he's, his journey started at 16 or 17 that's, that's like a different story. He's older than us as well. So like when we get to that stage, I'll probably have that moment a lot more when I see you in fucking front of a thousand people. I won't want any of that for myself and it will truly be, it won't even be internal or external. It will literally just be 
mad. But I've, I was reading an Aldous Huxley book the other day. It's called uh, Doors of Perception. Um, mm-hmm. And he said that if you want to be present, you must be willing to die every other moment. Yeah, they say that the ultimate goal in life is to die before you die. That's what I've heard from many teachers that I've, I've been around and, and, um, and studied with and read about is that the idea to die before you die is the ultimate living. Because you lose it's any freedom. attachment. It's the ego death, really. Yeah, yeah, I but get I that. But I think sometimes a beautiful thing is to acknowledge and call out the ego and love it anyway. Yeah, of course. That's the most endearing thing to love something even though it's quite obviously flawed. Like it's, it's the same as what I was talking t- about with Oscar. Yeah. When he's talking about, yeah, I work in Tesco, but I love it. Like I own it. I don't love actually working there, but I love the fact that I work there mm. because it represents where I am here mm, right now. I feel that. That is beautiful to acknowledge and respect and honour where you are now. Like, I'm, I'm going through something similar. I'm not working at Tesco, but I'm doing shit that I really fucking don't want to do. And I turn up there with a smile on my face, just giving blessings to the fact that I actually am alive. I have, I've got a roof over my head. I've got beautiful relationships and I get to express myself freely with no rules. Yeah. Like, what, what else could I want? Yes, I've got big, big dreams and I've got a huge vision for my future and for what I could be of, how I can be of service to the world through my music. I've got a big vision for that. But right now, this is where I am and it's beautiful and it's where I should be. Birds, their songs all sound the same Till one broad melodies of change Whisper softly how you never me. So how did we end up this way? Turning into days Close my eyes and still see your face I let your love rain down Wash over me It's running through my hair I lose my feet Rushing through my All skin deep. Now you're getting on the plane. Fifteen hours and you've turned the page. I hope it's only till the seasons change. Why, oh, why did I think you waste your time in calling? All those words you said, I don't know the meaning of them Now it's me who's got the problem I'll lose my head And let your love rain down wash over me It's running through my hair, I lose my feet Rushing through my veins, pulls at my seams On the skin me down in the water and it brings me down to my knees oh you're in the air around me and you choke me up 
just what hell looks like Cause it's just too dark to see I let your love rain down, wash over me It's running through my hair, I lost my feet Rushing through my veins, pulls at my seams On the skin deep I let your love rain down, wash over me Running through my I love that. I love that whole notion of loving something that is quite visibly broken. Mm. If you know, <clears throat> not not to the point of delusion, like <laughs> where, but you actually appreciate the fact that it's happening regardless of whether you enjoy it or not. I just love that shit. I love like that saying as well. If you want to be present, you have to die every other moment. It's like fuck. It's so true because you can't you just be present go. and then at some point stop let being present. Go. You fully do just have to let go of every single moment and realize that here and now is right now. And whatever I just said five minutes ago, that person is dead. And that's so true. You just told me something that I've learned something. I'm a completely different person than I was than when we started this podcast. I want to do yoga. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I want to do yoga. That's how different I, I am. I met this... Um, I'm a changed man. This yoga teacher, he changed my entire life because he weren't a yoga teacher. He was a teacher, full stop. He's called Les Levanthal. Um, he's a San Francisco uh, born and now Indonesia living yoga teacher. He was a porn star, a crystal meth addict, a prostitute. Um, I mean, he had the most mental life ever. You could go check out his book. It is such an amazing book. It's called, um, oh fuck, Two Lifestyle, nah, Two Lives, One Lifestyle, oh, I don't know, Les Levantho. Anyway, he, um, we're in class, yeah. And like, he tells you, I'll oh, go into King Dancer, which is like a really dramatic pose where you've got like one leg up and like, you know, you're doing some mad shit. And, um, and then he's, everyone, you know, all sometimes these yoga people, they're all there in their like flipping tights and like looking all skinny and serious and not smiling and whatever. And then he just like looks up after he's got everyone holding his pose and he's like, I want you all to fall over right now. All of you fall over like lose your balance, push yourself, go a little bit too further over your, over your toes, go a little bit back, fall over, feel what it's like to try something and fail and love yourself anyway. And then he just, appro then he just says, can you approach your day like that? Can you just embrace the, the like flawedness of what you are and go and just give it a shot and love, love the darkness and love the light and love the failures and love the successes because it's all part of this human experience. When we're in spirit form, we are just unconditional love. We are just, well, this is what I believe. We are just part of, you know, a universal consciousness, which is just love. The spirit wants to taste all the spectrum of what it is to have emotions and to be physical. So why is it that when we're actually in physical form, we're so judgmental of the shit stuff 
we're so, oh, I fucked up. Oh, that tune didn't do very well. I must be shit. Oh, you know, I couldn't hold King Dancer for more than three minutes. I must be a shit person. Oh my God, I ate so much food last night. God, I'm a disgusting waste of space. No, everything. And, and all the highs as well. The highs, oh, all the highs validated me. Oh, great. This one went to number five in the UK charts. Oh, I'm a great person. Like, oh, you know, it's all bullshit and it's all beautiful at the same time because the spirit wants to taste it all. It's like trying to embrace that when, you know, recently I got out of a, like a situation that was quite cushy. I've been putting out, I put out a few EPs. I had um, a management situation and I was in a record deal with that management. I was financially stable. I was, um, I had a live agent. I was doing shows and everything felt like, cool, this is all right, isn't it? If I keep doing, you know, this is good. It was sweet. Um, but, but was it? But was it really? It was actually... It wasn't serving um, serving what, what I'm here to do. It wasn't really in line with the vision. But who's, uh, whose responsibility was that? Because did you know what it was that you wanted to no, do? No, of course not. So it's not like retrospectively you can look back and be like, Oh, you know, I shouldn't have it wasn't that. serving yeah, me. Yeah. It was serving you completely because that's what you wanted. Correct, because everything is, is as it should be. Everything's as it should be. And, and now that that's gone, right, it's like the carpet has been pulled from under my feet. And, um, and in that moment, of that, that dark moment where I had to look at the fact that everything that I believed was my kind of um, safety blanket and like, oh, great, I'm on, I'm on my path. I've started this artist thing. It's going well. Got a deal, da 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 all this stuff. Um, it was all taken away from me in a matter of minutes. And I had to... I had to really check myself and the way, I, the way I'm speaking to you now, I had to really put that into practice and go, this is beautiful. This is scary as fuck. I'm terrified. I'm lonely. I'm actually feeling dark and I don't know where to turn. I don't know where to go. Everything that I validated myself by has been taken away from me. Therefore, I have no external validation right now. And in that moment, I had to love myself and love it and love the fear and go, this is just me tasting a different part of being human right now. And, um, and we've had conversations like, you know, about it. And, um, and I'm creating from a much more authentic place than I ever have done in my life. Yeah, because that is, again, how the universe works. It gives you all of this knowledge. It's, it's school. Everything is fucking school. You get given all of this knowledge and then a test takes place. Mm. And it's like, here you go. <laughs> I've literally given you the book and you've read it. And now I'm going to put it into real life practice. Yeah. Bang, dropped, or whatever happened, dropped, mm. mutual termination, uh, separation of your ideal. Yeah. Now what? Now what, Esper? You're gonna crumble, you're gonna give up, you're gonna cry, you're gonna try find somebody else to like fill that void or, or mm. another situation Just to fill that off. void. Yeah. It's so easy to like, someone offers you <clears throat> a carrot and you're like, yes, quickly because you're I'm hungry. scared. I'm, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. But some people are breathitarians, you know. What does that mean? They live off just oxygen alone. Really? Yeah. 
watch the documentary. It's absolutely fucked, but, but brilliant at the same time. But we're time. here to experience, and that means taste. Yeah, yeah, I believe you, that too. Totally. When you dissolve I'll back just into be the facetious, but I totally am with you. I want to eat. When you dissolve back <laughs> into the collective consciousness, and all you have is your thoughts, mate, you're gonna wish that you tried <laughs> more like, food. Man, I you'd be like, I would a katsu curry right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> right. You could smash that when you're up in heaven with just your mind, and you can't taste shit. Just your mind and love. Yeah, Fuck that literally. Shit. Everything I feels want great. Roll spritz. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right? Just br- living off of air. Get out. Living off of air. Sorry, I had to do that. Like, that's how I feel about like Buddhism and shit. Like these guys don't do nothing. They just chill all the time. They don't. They don't. Tr- well, I mean, they might. I don't know that much. But I mean, <laughs> can, I've we, read- can we pause right there and just say, <laughs> Kane Chatty does support Buddhism. No, I love you lot. <laughs> I love all. <laughs> No, but I, I sound like I'm uneducated, but I actually have re- read. I know you are. You're the, one of the smartest people I know, actually, Kane. The Buddhist Bible. It's just that I haven't slept for, for like two days. But um, but yeah, it, it's just devoid of experience, if you know what I mean. Like some the of monk the monk side of it. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, the got, monk you side of it. Still, even still, most religion, even still, most religion, unless some of the most best realizations that I've had. The reason why I know that I, I now like to have sex when there's emotion attached is because I've had sex with no emotion attached, right? And that now that makes me actually treasure mm. sex that's emotionally charged, right? But you first have to make that mistake, right? You have to experience that kind of hedonistic shit to then actually appreciate how beautiful the latter is. Mm. But all of that like religion stuff, it takes that away. It's like, don't make no mistakes. Here are the rules, blah, blah, blah. Don't make no mistakes. And yeah, if you follow those rules, great, fantastic. It'd probably be fantastic. Mm. But you first have to experience what you have. You can't just go through life. And it's hard to phrase this. You only know what you like by digging through the shit that you hate. Like all of the stuff that I have in my life now that I like, it's because I've done so much stuff that I don't like that I don't want that shit in my life anymore. Like, I don't want uh, relationships with no emotional attachment. I don't want to eat meat and shit. I don't want to have a job. I don't want to commit to anything because I've done all of that stuff and I hated it. And it didn't bring me nothing. Like, it didn't bring me nothing. And now I'm living this wholesome... Well, to me, to me it is. It's wholesome. And... I don't even know how you we got... You seem different though, Kane. What does that mean? You, you seem more alive within yourself. You seem fuller. Look at me. I'm wearing blue jeans and a pink t-shirt. And you've got a big smile on your face. I do have a big smile on my face. I was brought up an evangelical Christian. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, my father, who is one of the most talented and, and delicious composers that I've ever heard in my life, he's absolutely... He's a genius. I used to come home from school and my dad would be... Um, sat at the table and it would be, we'd be told to shut up, me and my brother, be quiet, don't speak, because my dad, he'd be wearing earplugs and then earmuffs and then he'd have gaffer tape <laughs> with a hat over the top, gaffer taping his, his earmuffs to his hat because, and he'd be sitting there with reels and reels of manuscript paper and a, and a beautiful pen and if we spoke, you right, dad? Or what's for dinner or whatever, he would hear the note of which we were speaking and it would fuck up where he was at writing. My dad would write, would write orchestral pieces, literally just from from his brain out his pen. 
He was proper out there, swinging way out there. He is swinging way out that there. That is way out there. Yeah, well. I'd love to play some of his music to you, actually, because I think it would blow your mind a little bit. And he kind of composed in that sort of semi-contemporary classical, big band, jazz, soul. You know, he was he was a, he was a child of, of the 60s and then a composer in the late 70s and 80s. When he was 17, he got hired by the BBC to be in-house composer and... And, you know, then he went on to do, like, sort of Shirley Bassey scores and all this stuff. that's why you started making music no, yourself? because I resented them so much. Like, let me tell you, right, my parents were both musicians. My mum is a saxophonist and a singer. My dad, composer, trumpet player, piano player, singer. When I was a kid, I cannot tell you how shit it was that my parents were musicians. Me and my brother, from the age of... Like, I was didn't even know you had a brother. <laughs> yeah, me too sometimes. And... Um, the, d the day after I was born, we got taken, I got taken to my grands and they went on tour. Now, I, I don't get me wrong. The I, day after the you day were born, your mum went was, on tour. Yeah, my mum's life mom was music. My mum's life, she, she hated being pregnant. She hated it all. All she wanted was to go on tour and play saxophone and I respect her for that. However, I do have to say that this is where my whole questions come up about having kids, you know, this whole like FOMO thing. It's ridiculous. Like, unless you really want kids, don't have kids. Although I'm kind of glad because I'm here. And and they were totally my 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 lessons. Like my mum and dad taught me so much um, through their mistakes and through their successes in bringing us up. But yeah, I resented them so much because I was always at my grand's. I didn't have a normal childhood at all. I was carted about all over the place. I had a French 15 year old nanny who was living in my bedroom with me from the age of four. It was all a bit nuts and all a bit erratic and, and strange. Now I just despised the fact they were musicians and I hated music because of that. I literally hated music. I wanted to be a tap dancer. That's music. Well, I, I was just into so dancing. Different. Yeah, whatever. I was. I did not want to do music. Yeah. I didn't like it. And I, and then I eventually did get into it, but I was just massively into like heavy metal. And that was kind of what I liked. I know it's really weird. People always find this shocking about me. And I think that's why I've got such an eclectic taste of music now. Um, eventually, it was the weirdest thing. As I grew up, my grandfather, who um, who was... Frank Sinatra's musical director for 20 years and, and a really, really inspiring musician to me. The reason why I have this trombone tattoo is because of him. Um, he hired me in his band. So I started going and, and doing these gigs and um, getting a taste of it myself. And, and I was kind of kicking myself, like after all these years of hating my parents for their job, I'm now doing the exact same thing. And my dad desperately didn't want me to be a musician. He desperately wanted me to go and do law at, uh, at sixth form at, at college. Um, and I, I, I would sneak out, sn sneak, sneak out, out, sneak out on a Saturday and go to the National Youth Jazz Orchestra, um, which was where Amy Winehouse started. Um, and that's what I used to do every Saturday. I used to pretend that I was going to Pineapple Dance Studios, which would have been okay for my dad. He was like, yeah, fine. But he really didn't want us to be musicians. And I think it's because, you know, he did have such a challenging life trying to make it as a composer, you know, while the age of electronic music was being born in the 80s. I mean, it's so challenging for him. So, um, yeah, I used to have to lie about it and I got bang into it and all of a sudden I was a, a musician. It was, it's actually really weird. I got, I went from being into heavy metal to being into jazz to then finding my, my, my real home, which was like hip hop and R&B and, and that kind of stuff. But now that it's out in the open and you're quite clearly out here as a musician, does that help you and your dad communicate better and you and your mum? I left home at 15 um, and I, um, I, I went and I, I lived in a 
basically I lived in a squat for a year finishing off my GCSEs and then I got myself a scholarship to go to this music school where they gave me a room and they they fed me um and I didn't speak with my family for quite a while I had quite a turbulent relationship with them when I was growing up and I had to go through quite a lot of this stuff that we've been talking about about unconditional love about accepting what is about loving all the darkness I had to go through a lot of that to get to a place where I could then have these confronting conversations with my family to to really acknowledge their humanness and to acknowledge my humanness because your parents when you're growing up are like they they're like parents they're not humans they're parents yeah. they don't have lives outside no. they don't have lives or emotions no. like not all, all they do is process your behavior and yep. react to it that's mm-hmm. literally it but really, the reality is that they are humans making it up as they go along, giving it their best shot and just making decision on a mo- decisions on a moment-to-moment basis and getting it wrong. And, um, and I love them for it. I have to say, I feel like I'm mates with my parents um, and that I did kind of bring myself up. Um, once I'd left home going through those years those those teenage years and that and it was hard with them being on tour um but I think in order for me to live out my karma and potentially what I um what what I feel like is p- potentially possible for me in this life as a musician as an artist as a human I had to have that family and I believe in in the karmicness of it I believe in you know your spirit choosing your parents I'm going swinging way out now but I, I do and I think that that, you know, I, I was born with a serious karma on my head and I do feel a responsibility to do something important, to do something of service and, and, of, and of worth, not for myself, but for the world. Hashtag, this is my pageant speech. Yeah. Why do, <laughs> do artists always feel like just making music is, is a service to the world or, or huh. it has a higher purpose? What, what, makes, what makes us so great? Yeah, I know, right? It feels weird saying that. Like, there's people out there saving lives and, like... Yeah, you're not a nurse. ...bringing children into the world in third world countries and, you know, feeding and stuff. Um, because... Hmm. Huh. Is, is this the, the problem? Is that is the reason why there's no such thing as a perfect song or a perfect album or a perfect piece of art? Because you can't capture, you can't describe the importance. You can't describe the moment. Like you can't, it's not tangible. Like it's literally not tangible. It's an emotion to a point of where- Fuck off, mate. It's- there are no words. Like, there's no way to tell you how it's... I can make you feel why it's so important, but I can't ever tell you. Because for me, if you were to ask me that question, or because you can't think of... You haven't thought of an answer yet, my answer would be, is that because people need to be reminded that they are human. You might be a nurse all day saving lives and stuff, blah, blah, blah. If you're a nurse or a surgeon and you work with death so closely every single day, you start to become immune to it. Like Mm. you don't see death in the same way that you see death or you don't see life in the same way that you see life because 
it's your all day, every day, and your value for life might drop a little bit because you start to become just a number or just a patient or, or something like that. But then you go home and you put a, a song on and you could be like, mm. fuck, any one of those persons on my operating table could get up after that surgery and make this song and remind me that mm. I am a human or remind me how valuable life actually is. Music communicates directly to the source of where we are. There's nothing else like it that can truly shake you up. I can be, I can wake up in the morning and then when I put on Foy Vance um, singing Guiding Light, if you haven't heard it, please go and do it. It's a lot. I can suddenly be reminded of why am I alive? <laughs> it, it speaks directly to my spirit. And I'm not saying that all music does that because it certainly does not. You can't see it or keep it. But what it does to you changes everything. And music also, it also captures memories, it captures, it captures um, your experience in this life. I know it sounds stupid, but like I listened to loads of Jamie Cullum when I was a kid. and um, Nothing wrong with Jamie Cullum. He's all right. Have no you know. shame. What a difference a day makes. And I have this memory of um, being really, really happy at home with my parents on a Christmas morning listening to Jamie Cullum. And it, it literally just... No photograph taken, no nothing. But when, when that record comes on, it takes me way back there and I get to go through it again. And it's those warming moments that are, you know, that they're right in, right in the core of me. It's like a, a bank of, of human experiences that are, are triggered again by music. But music does more than that. Music reminds us that we're alive, like you said. Do you feel like you'd, you've made any music that makes you feel like that so far? Yeah, I, I do actually. Um, yeah. Um, hang on, can I start that again? You're in it. It sounds egotistical to say that I have done that, but I know when, when, when writing, and it's not every day for, for sure, I don't think anyone is, maybe Kurt Cobain or someone has been able to do that, or Joni Mitchell, but like... You know when you're on the truth, on the truth train, the true truth train. <laughs> truth, truth. Because it, it, it hurts. It's a lot um, to sing it, to put those words on the page and then to sing them on the mic. And, and you know that you have to do it because someone else out there needs to hear it too. Someone needs to be given permission to feel that. And it's your duty as the creator of the music to, to do it for them and, and to give them the space. I believe that music, not, not all music, some music is about dancing and joyfulness and whatever, but, but, but for me, and obviously music is always joyful, but uh, I see my role as holding space for people to take a self-inquiry to, to hold space for transformation and for people to connect. Because that's what it's been for me from the word go. It's always made me look at myself 
or get out of myself and to, to fly away from a situation if I can't quite face it in that moment. But, you know, like with certain records and, and certain artists, especially live, for me, live is, is the hugest thing. It just knocks on that door. It knocks on your heart and it goes, go on, babes, go and have a look at that now. Let's move on. Let's heal. Let's go. It's like church. I never, yeah. Like going back to what we spoke about earlier, how we're already completely different to when we started this episode of the podcast. <laughs> I feel like whenever whenever someone's like, so what's the point of the podcast or whatever? It's, it literally is just giving people permission to... To be themselves. Giving people permission to question themselves. Mm. Like for you to come on here, I feel like me just asking a very simple question, which may not even mean that much to me as a question, it allows you permission to then go and... and sit there for 15 seconds and be like, I don't actually know. Yeah. I need to know the answer. I had to, to explore question. that just then with you, yeah. You needed to know the answer to that question. And then bang, you learn something. So that's such, again, such an important thing for, for art to, 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 to create a space that allows permission to explore yourself. Yeah. Or for the listener to explore themselves anyway. You've already done that exploring. That's, and a song has come out of it. Now pass it on that's mad I don't know I feel like you'd be a great mum I feel like I never want to have kids I feel this exact same way but last night I I had this really weird wave of emotion I was with Ram and his little brother again but Carry I on. had this wave of emotion where I was looking at them and I was like boys do you know how mad it's going to be when we're 50 years old and like you lot have kids and they're all running around and shit and we're talking about those times when we were 24 and we couldn't wait to like make it happen. And when we're 50, we're going to have made it happen. And like, there's going to be kids running around and there's going to be like girlfriends and wives or whatever. And we're all just going to be chilling, thinking about how when we was 24, we didn't know, or 23 and shit, we didn't know what the fuck was going on. And all we had was this idea to take something somewhere and like try and change the world. And by 50, 60 years old, we're all going to be sat there with a guitar or a piano, <laughs> jamming or whatever, ripping guitar solos, smoking fucking zoots and shit. And we're all just going to be looking at each other like, this is actually sick. Like, growing old is actually sick. I can't wait to grow old now. Uh, literally, just after a, a passing thought last night, I'm like, I'm welcoming old age. And I'm actually now entertaining the fact in my mind of settling down and having a family at ah. a certain point. I've always known that what I'm going to do is... Or the reason why I am the way I am is because if I actually do find someone that I want to settle down with and have like a kid or whatever, I need to make sure I'm the best version of myself possible. I need to make sure that I don't get to 40 or 50 and go, I haven't seen the world and have a meltdown. Or uh, I don't know what it's like to try this drug or I don't know what it's like to kiss a random girl or blah, 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 like that shit. I don't want to get to 40 and have those things looming over my head, if you know what I mean. I want to actually get to a point where I'm like, I have experienced so much life. I just want to hang out with my friends and not do anything anymore. Like, just sit, make music, fucking fuck around. Basically what I do now anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I actually want to do it, just chill, if you know what I mean. Last night made me just realize that like, I just want to kind of, at one point in life, I just want to chill and just mm. be present, not have no goals, not actually be traveling mm. anywhere. Mm. Because I feel you up on until that. 50, 60, I'm always going to be like, make a better song, make a better video, 
uh, yeah. make a better podcast, like have a better conversation. Yeah. I want to get to a point where I go over to the edge and I'm just now present. Well, I don't, I don't, I'm not looking forward to anything. I'm, I'm just here. Okay. So this is it. Yeah. That's where we have to be now. Right now. But do you, th- but we have to be there now. We have to still have a vision and. That is my vision. This, that's my new vision. My new vision is to have no vision. But it's a process. It takes 25, 30 years. It really does. It's a process like my goal is to have no goals. What an incredible goal. My goal is to have no goals. But what does you- that mean though, babe, that there's a load of goals that have to come yes. true before you can yes. have no goals? But my goal is to accomplish so much that I have no more to accomplish. Darling, I don't that's care. never going to happen. I don't know. I think it will. Nah. I really think it will. 60 years old, if I can't look to my right or look to my left and see someone that I love, like... That's a goal right there. That's a beautiful goal to have. Like, if I just can't... In my immediate vicinity, (laughs) I need someone that I love that I can look at and be like, I'd rather help you achieve a goal. I don't need to do no more. I've done such a madness in, like, the, the very short window, small window that I've had already... That in 25 years, I can't keep this up for 25 years. Like, I actually can't. So I might as well just bang 25 years and then get in my leather chair in the back garden in fucking California with my baby girl (laughs) (laughs) and my friends and shit. And we'll all have an instrument or whatever and we can just hang out and fucking cook vegan barbecue. I don't know. It's just a new thing. I'm still processing it. Like I said, it literally Mm. happens to me like 12 hours ago. I was just like, fuck, man. Maybe it's just where I'm at in my stage of life right now. Maybe in six months, I'll be like, fuck all that shit. Yeah. I'm going to go hard till I die. I think you probably will. But I want <laughs> I want that. I want to just go hard for 30 years. And then when I'm actually, because I just, I don't know, I see myself in 30 years as literally a god. Like, I know it. Are we having a Kanye moment, babes? I just. Can I just say, you've got much smaller feet than I thought you did. Yeah, I'm sort of size eight. Ooh. Podcast listeners, we're going to have a light-hearted side note. Kane Chatty has got little feet. Size eight is national average. No, it's not. It's nine. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's I'm not. I'm Googling that right now. Google it right now. You'll see that the national average is at eight. I'm going to Google the national average of the feet of men, feet of man, national average. You can't be above average in everything. Like sometimes just be human. British feet are getting bigger and wider, BBC. Thank you for that. Oh my God. What's the average height? Five. I met this. I'm not going to talk about that right now. Average shoe size for a man is between nine and 12. Fuck off, is it? Yeah. I've got below average size feet. Yeah, babe, but you've got a much bigger brain. It's a huge brain. Um, no, it's not a Kanye moment. I'm 24, I don't know nothing, but I know a little bit. Not like book smart or whatever, but I, I kind of feel like I have some grip of don't how life f- works. Don't you feel, Kaney, that the more we know, the, the less, less we, we know. know? Yeah, of course. You learn one thing and then suddenly you have 10 questions. When we open up like this and yeah. we start exploring these like um, these concepts, these universal concepts, everything goes out the window. Everything goes out the window. It's mental, isn't it? And that's what I mean. By God level is real is literally not knowing anything. Yeah. But at the same time, 
I feel like there's one secret. There's just one one thing that you need to know. You don't need to know anything. It's else. just love. It's just love. I work with a woman who, um, she's a healer and a spiritualist and a channeler. She died for like 45 minutes when she was 25. Um, she's got two PhDs. She's written about nine books and she travels the world living nomadically. And um, her purpose, even though she's literally like the smartest person I've ever met in my life, is just to awaken people and to heal them. and to, In fact, not to heal them, to give them access to their own healing. Grant them permission to heal. Right. She did this work with me um, when I was in Bali. I'd like to just point out that the only reason why I was in Bali, why I could afford to go to Bali in this very, very financially unstable time that I'm in, is because I got <laughs> offered a... Um, like a function gig. I've been doing gigs all my life. For 10 years, I've been working in this industry. I've sung BVs for everyone you can think of. I've Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams, Michael Bublé. Oh. Jamie Cullum. Actually, I never worked with Jamie, although, yeah, no, never worked with Jamie. Well, um, Not professional, Wale. I've done BVs for loads and loads of artists and I have done, I've sung at everyone's bar mitzvah and everyone's wedding and everyone's funeral. And, you know, I've done gigs, like the weirdest thing, right? I'll, be go, I'll go on stage and sing BVs with Michael Bublé in front of 22,000 people at the O2 for 10 nights in a row. And the next day on a Sunday lunchtime, I'll be doing like a piano bar gig where they've literally told me to turn off the amp because it's distracting the customers. <laughs> that has been my life up until this moment. And actually, do you know what? It still is my life. Last week I did a background restaurant gig in Mayfair to a load of dickheads and um and that's just how it is right now and it's okay but it's great it's beautiful but so anyway the reason why I got to go to Bali was because um why does everyone in this area drive fucking motorbikes because there's a Harley there's a Harley club next door it's the um the the Harley Davidson club yeah Hell's Angels yeah whatever same thing so um, the reason why I was able to go to Bali was because I got this function gig in Singapore. So my flights were all covered. And then I just paid like 70 quid and I got to go to Bali. Um, we were talking about the woman who died. The healer. The healer. And um, she said, you were, you were saying about there's one secret. Okay, yeah, yeah. Once you learn that one thing. But you know what? She died, right? And she said she went into the God mind, right? The mind of God. She said, the only thing that is there is love. It's the only thing. So when I'm working with her and, and we're, we're, we're doing all this, all this like trauma work or like digging deep into this chakra or whatever, whatever load of bullshit we're doing, at the end of the conversation, there's only one thing. Is this love or is this fear? That's all that's left. Every time I write music now, I have to ask myself the same question. Am I making music right now because I want to express love or encourage love or stir love? Or am I, is this music being born out of a fear, a fear that I'm going to fail, a fear that if I don't make music in this sound, it's going to be unsuccessful, a fear that if I don't do that, Radio One's not going to play, a fear that I might not get another manager unless I do this kind of music. Well, fuck that, because... That's bullshit. That is not being human. That is not operating from love. Why the fuck am I doing it? 
you know? I love you, Kane. Your face right now. Ellen's crying. <laughs> it's those moments. Those are literally the moments that I do this podcast for. It's those moments that I actually live for. Yeah. It's a holy moment where, like you just said. A moment. A home. <laughs> I've had a few moments in my life. Oh, babes. <laughs> your life from that place is really the goal that is really the challenge fuck music for a second I might I might have an accident tomorrow and my vocal cords might be ripped out vocal cords might be ripped out let's touch some wood everyone touch some wood touch some wood now what am I gonna do I'm still gonna try every day to live my place live my life from a place of fearless love so what would you do if you had no voice um if I had no voice? Yeah, what would you do if you couldn't sing? Huh. If that actually happened, what would you do well, with Well, I'd your still life? be able to play, so I'd play and I'd compose. But if I couldn't do music, if I lost my hearing, for example. But if you couldn't, like, if you couldn't use language and speak, mm. would you even still want to make music? Of course, because music speaks for itself. Go and yeah. listen to Rachmaninoff's concertos. Go and listen to Tchaikovsky. Go and listen to some beautiful list. So why are you a so uh, singer instead of a composer? Because I like the added element of language because it goes straight into the soul. I'm not saying that Miles Davis wasn't able to go straight into the soul because yeah, he really course. truly was and he was speaking through his instrument, singing through it. But with the language, it just helps because my goal is global and it's bigger than the people that are, only, that are open to instrumental music, which mm. is not actually that many people in this world. People that listen to instrumental music and get a spiritual experience from it are very, very open people and often people that have come from privileged backgrounds, been exposed to this music from a very young age. And that is not what I'm here for. I'm here for the people that, I, that haven't had that. I want instant connection. And that's why I need language. It is an interesting thought, actually. What would you do if you didn't do what you know you were born to do? Yeah. It wouldn't be like some side thing. Like, I don't think you actually would compose because I think it would kill you every time you compose a song uh. because you can't 
say what you want to say. You can only allude to it. I could get someone else to do it. Still, that, that doesn't know. I live for being on stage, Kane. I no, absolutely live for the live. I love being in the studio. I love creating with other people. I love all, all the parts of being an artist, you know, doing shoots, doing interviews, all that doing stuff. Podcasts. Yeah, that, that doing podcasts, that excites me. But what I live for is to be on stage and to hold space. It's like it, it, to, to be directly in front of the people that are the reason why I literally get up and open my mouth and make a noise. Do you know what I mean? And, and for me right now, of course, I've, I've been on stage in front of thousands and thousands of people as a backing vocalist. But as an artist, I haven't had that... Um, Keep going. As an artist, I haven't had that, that moment yet where I've been like, oh, wow, this is like happening. Like, There's loads of people. I'm making my music. I feel like people are present to me. I'm present to them. That exchange of energy. And, um, and I'm excited for it to happen. I feel like everything will make sense then. What's it going to take for that to happen? Is that just a um, thing? Or I is don't that, know, you know. Does the music have to change? Uh, the music will always change. Because your music is, is, is actually pretty different to your influences. Like, you're a fan of Joni Mitchell, but your music doesn't sound like Joni Mitchell. Boy George. Definitely doesn't sound like Boy Nickelback. George. We'll forget that you said that. Your music is always me. I used to think I was going to marry Chad Kroger straight up. Thought I was going to marry him. And then Avril got there. What a bitch. Avril Lavigne? Avril, I'm coming for you, babes. Yeah, you've got Levine my man. Married Chad Kroger? Yeah, come on. He's done well. They're, they're divorced. Um, I heard a theory that she's a clone. That she actually isn't Avril Lavigne. She will be. Avril Lavigne's she first album be. was fucking phenomenal. Um, my influences are varied as fuck. Today, well, actually, for the last two weeks, all I've listened to is Foy Vance and just saying his name makes me want to weep because he touched my soul in a way that no one's done since Joni's album, Blue. But yet, I absolutely bathe in, in, in hip-hop and R&B and I, it is the most delicious thing that the world's ever given me. Sometimes I want to be challenged and I want to listen to, to Nirvana and I want to listen to Black Sabbath and I want to go deep, deep, deep into that Aggie, that, that rich, angry other part of my soul. I don't have a type of music that, uh, that is who I am. And so this is where I, I struggle as an artist. It's a real thing. The struggle is literally real because I can't choose. <laughs> and you know what I've decided recently came and I've, when I've stopped having the fear, I've stopped making music out of fear, of, oh, I must fit into that, I must do that. I don't give a fuck anymore. So it's like, at the minute, all I'm doing is sat at home making music with my guitar and it sounds old school. It sounds like the 70s and it's, it, you know, it's, it, it's more rock and folk influence because that's what I'm immersed in right now. Um, and then sometimes I make music that literally sounds like I'm doing an Erica Badu tribute band and I don't care either, you know? It's weird. But it, it just is the truth. So I'm not going to deny it. Maybe I'll slip into, into something that is, um, that is really definitive at some point. But I don't see it happening. Artists out there, like the ones I aspire to, you know, the, the Princes and, and, and the Madonnas and the Jimi Hendrixes and the... I don't know. Carry on. But you don't have to carry on. Yeah, them ones, the Bowies. Fucking hell. You just, it's just, 
it's just transformative it's malleable it's expressive it's truthful and it's in the moment and that's what we are as people so why am I going to put music into one genre box like that I don't remember what my question was you were talking about my influences and how my music doesn't match up with what you think my influences are yeah no yeah that's great answer (laughs) well done I give you three gold stars (laughs) I was just thinking like yeah you actually were talking about um, would it take exposure or would it take the music to change yeah I don't know what I was trying to get at to be fair just can't wait for for you for you to just kill it Really and truly. Oh, thank you. Man. But you know how it's instead of letting your influences like run through you, actually be. I don't know. I can't explain. Why can't I explain things today? Because you're so beautiful. No, that's not why it is. <laughs> that's not why it is at all. Look at your face, though. Sometimes I can't believe you're actually real. Stop it, gassing me up. I've got two boys to interview after this. Can't be feeling all special around two boys. What do you think it takes to break an artist in this day and age in the industry in which we're trying to do it? An episode of this podcast. Is it though? No, but something of this equivalent. Mm. Something that actually shows the real mm. them. The real exposure. Not like exposure on like a Twitter platform, but exposure yeah, like of the self. Exposure of self. Exactly. That's what it takes. When you, someone actually stands up and lets you know a little bit about them that's personal or vulnerable, that's all it takes to break an artist. There's a reason why certain artists don't pop. Uh, and there's a reason why certain artists only pop popular. And then when they try to do something else, it doesn't really work. I've got like a couple people on my mind, but I'm not going to call them out but the reason why it doesn't work is just because there's no honesty we get sold lies all day every fucking day do you think I'm going to dig in my pocket for 79p to help somebody else tell me lies like do you think I'm going to pay for lies I pay for enough lies as it is I pay rent I pay a phone bill I pay all this shit like I pay for lies constantly I don't need all of this Stuff art is my escape, like, yeah, art's oh, the truth. Art is the, the, it is the complete and wholehearted truth. Do you think I'm gonna pay for a lie when I know that there's somebody out there, irrespective of size or exposure or scope, that's gonna give me something real? I don't care how good your voice is, I don't care who wrote your song or who I'd produced your song. I'd rather listen to someone's voice cracking would, all over the place and telling me the truth. Listen to a fucking Someone singing into a pair of iPhone headphones, yeah. if it's real. Yes. And listen to, to right. bullshit. And the world is craving that more and more. Yeah, that's how I feel. I fully actually feel that. Like, I feel, I just, I don't know. Obviously, it's, it, it's egotistical and probably a bit of a Kanye moment to say that, like, I feel like if I like something, everyone will like, some, like it. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I can see something good in it, I feel like the whole world will be able to. And I haven't been proved wrong yet, to be honest. Like, there's no one that I have had on this podcast that people have been like, what? He's whack, yeah. I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Uh, And there's no one that I've tipped for music who hasn't failed to get off the ground. Like, so I know that if you sing into a pair of iPhone headphones and it's honest, that is going to bang. I know it. I fully know it. We're going to play some music on this show. Give me all the music you want to play, mate. I want to play all music that hasn't come out yet. 
you actually want to do that? Yeah, I don't give a fuck, yeah. All right. We can embed it into the, into the episode. Yeah. I need to think of a final question. Can you think of a final question? I've had such a beautiful conversation with you, Kane. You know, when we talk about these, like, um, I want to say extraterrestrial, what's the word? Existential. I'm so dyslexic. I can't hardly even speak English, let alone clever English. Um, when we do these conversations, yeah, that get to the core of, like, why we exist or try to, it must be so frustrating for all them people listening at home going, yeah, but... Uh, uh, oh, yeah, because they want to have... I want to hear, like, what everyone is saying about this, you know? Yeah. Because it, it, it must be frustrating. <laughs> or, or they're just not in their heads. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I even wonder why people listen to it. Like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm like, why do you actually listen to it? Because really and truly, we're not helping. I'm not, we don't really talk about art much, really. Like, it's not, oh, I'm a producer and I want to figure out how to like, make good music. We don't give no production tips or I could I could ask you how to be a great singer and you probably help hundreds of you probably help hundreds of people. But we don't even talk about, it's not about singing. that, is it? It's not about that. Because the, the show is called So You Wanna Be an Artist, right? But yeah. what is art anyway? We've already established it's an intangible expression that you can't hold on to for more than the time that it's actually in the present. Oh, okay. So let's get to what's behind the art. What's the intention? What's the vision? What's the motive? So I make a podcast called So You Wanna Be a Singer. So then you yeah, come yeah, in. We can do that one. Then we talk about singing. So when you lift your left ear, you can hear... What? <laughs> Is that real? Nah. I took singing lessons once. Once, five times. <laughs> it was kind of like that. And then, uh, yeah. That was it, maybe. Well, I think we're done, mate. Thank you. Thank you. A special person. Should we hug? Let's hug it out. You can follow Esper on Twitter at at Esper E S P A. Uh, all the, yeah, all the links are in the description. Go check that. Same as usual. Come make friends with me, guys. Oh, come make friends with me, guys. Make friends. Let's make friends if you know what I mean. All right. Safe. Sorry, no, nah, let's allow that. Let's definitely allow, definitely allow that. <laughs> Safe. <laughs>